The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual host and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Para-X, its affiliates, or its sponsors. Oh, hell no! Whatever! The following program contains opinions expressed by the Dead Zone. If you find this broadcast offensive, lighten up, candy ass. What? Oh my gosh. It's a radio show. Hell yeah! That's what I'm talking about. Power up request received. Initiating systems. Powering up transmitters. Welcome to the Dead Zone. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Heal this. Paranormal Radio Show, July 25th. Tonight's guest is Jill Shelley, the owner of the Boyd House and founding member of St. Croix Paranormal. Very cool, right? Out of Minnesota. Also tonight, we're going to have a very special guest in the studio with us, my son and member of Rural Indiana Paranormal, Brandon Poy. Also, don't forget, I keep reminding you, they're coming up really quick. Anna House in August. August the 14th to be exact, non-con, September 25th through the 26th, that's in Ohio, October 1st in Kentucky, Midwest Paracon, and then the big one, Deadcon, in Fort Wayne, October 15th through the 17th. Check it out, we hope to see you guys there. Michelle with the Paranormal News is coming up next, I'm sorry, Michelle with the Paranormal News is coming up next, but before we do that, let's kick this off with Poltergeist by Void Vader.
ervaring. Are you in a band or know of a band that is currently unsigned and looking for airplay for free? We want to hear from you. One of the main goals of the show is to help promote up-and-coming bands and artists as well as our paranormal community. Getting your name out there can be tough, especially these days. Shoot us an email, deadzonebooking at gmail.com. If your music fits our genre, hard rock, 80s, 90s metal, and new metal, we want to help. Yo, what's going on, guys? This is your man, Vincent M. Ward, and you're listening to The Dead Zone. Hey, it's Michelle again, doing paranormal news and events on The Dead Zone. This week's episode is brought to you again by me, Michelle Poy, Associate Broker at Seasons of Indiana Real Estate. Contact me for all your real estate needs through my Dead Zone email, michelle.deadzone at gmail.com. That's Michelle with two L's, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E dot deadzone at gmail.com. This episode is also brought to you by K.D. Wakefield, the author of a new suspense thriller called Murderous Masquerade. This is available in paperback or Kindle, so order your copy today on Amazon. Paranormal News. Hey guys. I was doing some research trying to find a recent paranormal news article that I could read for you guys and talk about, but I really only found one that was of any interest to me on Coast to Coast AM. This was posted June 17th, 2021. Murder suspect in England blames centuries-old gin for double slaying. A murder suspect in England has put forth forward rather something of a strange supernatural defense for a double slaying that he is accused of committing as the man contends that a centuries-old gin is really responsible for the crime according to a local media report uh, here we go again with names that i cannot pronounce shabaz khan is currently on trial for the murders of dr saman mir Carvey and her daughter Vian Mongrio, who were killed in October of 2020 in the community of Burnley. A contractor by trade who had done previous work at the family's home, he had been seen entering the residence on the day prior to the crime and, in a subsequent search of his house, was discovered to be in possession of jewelry and money that had belonged to Dr. Sicarvi. Prosecutors in England understandably believe that they have an airtight case against Khan, which likely explains why he contends that a jinn was actually to blame for the double murder. Upon his arrest, Khan was placed in a jail cell, wherein he threw himself across the room and onto his bed in an incident that he claimed was an attack by an invisible evil entity. In an interview with police the next day, the accused killer began undulating and informed them that they were speaking to a 620-year-old supernatural spirit named Robert Smith Wood, who happened to live in Dr. Sakarvi's home. 
The entity went on to claim that he had grown upset with alterations made to the residence and, in turn, smashed a mirror as well as moved a table to indicate his displeasure with the changes. At some point following the interview, Khan apparently reclaimed control of his body as he later insisted that he had no idea how the mother and daughter were killed. Asserting that they were perfectly fine when he left the residence, he argued that the jinn infesting their home must have committed the crime. As one might imagine, prosecutors are not buying Khan's story, arguing to the jury at his currently unfolding trial that the man's actions while in custody were simply his way of trying to set up his defense to say he had been attacked in his cell by a supernatural spirit. They went on to muse to the court, was it really in his head, or was it real in his head that he threw himself across his cell to his bed, or was it a feeble attempt to pretend there was something wrong with his mental state? Ultimately, they called Khan's defense absolute nonsense, declaring that Dr. Sakarvi and her daughter were not killed by supernatural spirits. Beyond the pilfered property found in the man's possession, Prosecutors also suggest premeditation on the part of the accused killer as, following the double murder, the family's home had been set on fire, while Webb searches on his phone centered around whether or not fire could destroy DNA. And so, unless Khan's attorney can somehow find a way to get Robert the Jinn to take the stand, he's likely to be headed off to prison in the not-too-distant future. Yeah! <laughs> Whatever! Now, I tried to find out if there were any other recent reports of demonic possession being claimed as the reasoning behind their actions. And what I did find was on WOWO.com. This is a radio station. They did a very short story back in November 15, 2018 called Suspect Claims Demonic Possession in Murder Case. This was in Fort Wayne, Indiana. A Fort Wayne man accused of murdering his own mother last month told police he was possessed by demons and Adolf Hitler. That's according to court documents in the case of 34-year-old Jason Stace. The Journal Gazette reports his lawyer filed the documents to ask a judge for a mental evaluation in order to see if he is competent to stand trial. The paper reports his attorney also indicated that they'll be relying on a defense of mental disease or defect. Police say that he admitted to punching, biting, and choking Joy Stace in their home on October 24th. So then I found another one. Uh, this is on NBCWashington.com. And this one, hold on, got to scroll up. This one was dated May 24th, 2018. Suspected gunman spoke online about demon possession. The man suspected of shooting three people inside an Oklahoma City restaurant before being fatally shot by bystanders had no obvious connection to the victims or the restaurant and was legally authorized to carry a firearm. Investigators are trying to determine a motive behind the Thursday night attack that wounded four people, according to Oklahoma City Police Captain Bo Matthews. He said the only interaction police had with the suspected gunman, 28-year-old Alexander Tilgman, <clears throat> excuse me, was during a domestic assault and battery call when Tilgman was 13. 
A police report from that 2003 incident indicates that Tilgman was arrested after his mother told police he punched her several times during a dispute over a vacuum cleaner. Mm-hmm. Matthew said Thursday's shooting appeared to be random, but noted that Tilgman drove to the restaurant and wore protective gear for his ears and eyes. It looked like his mind was made up that he was going to discharge his firearm once he got there. Matthew stressed that the investigation was ongoing and confirmed that Tilgman's mental health was being looked into. On a Facebook page that police said belonged to Tilgman, the man posts a video in which he claims his television is possessed by the devil. The page uses the same profile photo as a YouTube channel where a man that appears to be Tilgman also describes demons possessing his TV and being surrounded by computers. He calmly begs for help from a real human saying he's suicidal, lonely, and really losing it. The director of the LGBT rights group Freedom Oklahoma, Troy Stevenson, said Tilgman is the same man who distributed flyers across Oklahoma City earlier this year, warning of demons taking over people's bodies, and a reporter with the LGBT publication The Gaily conducted an interview in January with Tilgman, who warned of demons in clone transsexual bodies. Flyers with similar messages were plastered all over a vehicle that Tilgman drove, said Ryan Bulak, who said he frequently saw Tilgman at his apartment complex in northwest Oklahoma City. Bulak said he saw Tilgman acting strangely Wednesday night. He was twitchy, grabbing his hair and acting weird. I was uncomfortable and definitely wanted to get away from him. A man who identified himself as Tilgman's brother told television station KOCO that Tilgman needed mental health treatment, saying nobody reached out to him, you know, he was crying for help. Tilgman was licensed as an armed security guard, which authorized him to carry firearms, said Gerald Sorry, Gerald Conkler, general counselor for the Oklahoma Council on Law Enforcement Education and Training. The council certifies law enforcement officers and other armed personnel across the state. Obtaining such a license requires a background check and at least 72 hours of training. A woman who answered the phone at the home believed to belong to Tilgman's mother declined to comment when contacted by the Associated Press. Police said Tilgman was armed with a pistol when he opened fire inside Louis on the Lake around 6.30 p.m., on that Thursday. A 39-year-old woman and two girls were shot and wounded while an unarmed man broke his arm while trying to flee. All four victims were in good condition Friday according to the police. Matthews, the police spokesman, praised the two citizens who retrieved firearms from their vehicles and shot Tilgman outside the restaurant. They were able to shoot the suspect and put an end to a very dangerous situation. Now, this story goes on quite a bit longer. So if you are interested in reading that, again, that is on NBCWashington.com. Hello, this is Christopher St. Ruth, and you're listening to The Dead Zone. Now, the next story that I picked is one that's known a little bit more. This is the Hartford Current. 
The killer's defense was demon possession. This was dated April 12, 2014, but the incident took place quite a bit before that. At first, the 1981 stabbing death of 40-year-old Alan Bono of Brookfield looked like a routine argument gone awry. Police referred to it as an open-and-shut case. But then came Arnie Cheyenne Johnson's defense, the devil made him do it. With the help of a pair of famed paranormal investigators, Johnson's defense attorneys sought to prove the 19-year-old killer was innocent because he had been possessed at the time of the killing. It would be the first time a possession defense was used in an American courtroom. Bono was stabbed several times in the chest and stomach on the lawn of Brookfield Kennels, which he managed around 6.30 p.m. on February 16, 1981. About an hour later, police arrested Johnson, described as a small, blonde, fair-skinned man, on a murder charge. The two men had allegedly been, been arguing over Johnson's girlfriend before the stabbing occurred. Days after the stabbing, clergy members, paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren, Johnson's mother and his girlfriend all claimed Johnson had been possessed at the time of the killing. The Warrens told police that since July 1980, Johnson had participated in at least three exorcisms involving his girlfriend's 11-year-old brother, David, who purportedly had been inhabited by 43 demons. During one of the rites, the Warrens told police, Johnson leapt up and cried to the demon, Come into me, I'll fight you, come into me. The current reported on February 27, 1981. From that time on, he was possessed, they said. Although police ordinarily would disregard such unusual claims, the Bridgeport, here's another one, diocese's involvement changed things. Brookfield priests called in the diocese after they heard the 11-year-old story that he had recently entered a Newton house, sat on a waterbed, and suddenly was confronted by an elderly man with hooves whose image was soon joined by men in grotesque costumes, the warrants told police, according to the current. Shortly after Bono was killed, the diocese stopped commenting on the boy's case, but a spokesman did acknowledge that a priest had been assigned to investigate the boy. The spokesman told the current it was the first time the diocese had assigned an investigator to look into diabolical possession. Johnson was present for the exorcisms and soon began to display violent behavior. At one point, he reportedly put his fist through a chest of drawers, growling like an animal, and then couldn't remember the incident, the current reported. We knew this case would end in tragedy. It was inevitable, Lorraine Warren told The Current. But Arnie was the last one we would have ever thought it could happen to. Before Johnson was indicated on March 19, 1981, Waterbury lawyer, lawyer Martin J. Manella offered to take on his case for free. Manella's plan to pursue the unprecedented demon possession defense was widely publicized. Manila said he hoped to subpoena the priest involved in the exorcism and hoped they would break tradition and speak about the rites. Though police investigated the Warrens' claims, they maintained that Bono was stabbed after a fight over Deborah Glassell, Johnson's 26-year-old girlfriend. In April, Johnson's lawyers gained permission to examine the clothing and tissue remains of Bono who had been cremated. They said the absence of blood, rips, or wounds could prove that demons were involved. 
As the case progressed toward trial, the Warrens and Manila drew criticism from their peers who said they were involved in the case for personal gain. Typical of the criticism of the Warrens are comments by mental, mentalist George Kresge, better known as the Amazing Kreskin, who argues that the Brookfield case is simply a means for the couple to prey on the superstitions of the public and build up their annual lecture revenues. They have an excellent vaudeville act, a good road show. It's just that this case more involves clinical psychologists than it does them, Kresge told, said in his, in his story. Local attorneys said Manila was press, representing Johnson to rake in the publicity and that the legal community didn't take the possession defense seriously. Both the Warrens and Manila stood by their involvement in this case. Now, if you hadn't heard about this story, this is where the conjuring had come from. It was the story behind this was the story behind that movie and book. Anyway, I hope that you uh, you enjoyed this. If you'd like to read the rest of that story, that's on current.com, C-O-U-R-A-N-T.com. And that is it for this week. I hope you enjoyed the three parts of this story. Actually, I guess there were four. The four parts of this story. And anyway, if you know of any real demonic possession that caused people to act out of character, email me at Michelle dot deadzone at gmail.com m-i-c-h-e-l-l-e dot deadzone at gmail.com thanks so much guys the worms crawl in the worms crawl out they crawl all over your dirty snap your chest my name is david walton i am a vocal performer for what are you afraid of horror and paranormal show and i have carried the burden of a terrible secret I am actually what is offensively called a ghost. For years now, I have concealed my ectoplasmic existence from my friends and family, in fear of a common prejudice against ghosts, or what we like to call the disembodied. I have existed frightened of being discovered, unable to do physical acts that the embodied take for granted, such as walking a squirrel, or drinking a glass of vitamin E milk fresh squeezed from a whale. I grew depressed and even considered acts of self-harm or reincarnation, which is suicide for the disembodied. Such movies as Ghostbusters and its sequels drove my feelings of disenfranchisement and I began looking for help, only to encounter painful exorcisms in the houses I haunted. Then, I met two good people, it says here, Fox and Phil, at What Are You Afraid Of? Horror and Paranormal. And they helped me take control of my own life. Now, it is my choice whether I wish to make phantom bangs in the night, appear at the foot of your bed in darkness, or make your walls bleed. If you are a disembodied person like I am, and you're living a lie, what are you afraid of can help you too. They are on at 9pm on Friday nights at Para-X Radio, leaving plenty of time for midnight haunting activities, and can be found on all major podcast services. Listen to their paranormal stories, interviews, 
humorous sketches and horror fiction to know that you are not alone. And if you are a member of the Embodied, don't forget, you are only a single heart attack or tumour away from becoming one of us. This is David Walton. See you on the other side. Or as I call it, this side. And that is the end of a perfect day. Your source for everything paranormal. Para-X. All radio stations in town were palm trees. We'd be the one with the biggest coconuts. Now, here are the one, the only Dead Zone. Dead Zone, Dead Zone Paranormal Radio Show. Welcome back. Special guest in the studio tonight is my son, member of Rural Indiana Paranormal, Brandon Poy. How's it going, man? Pretty good. All right. What's been happening? Anything? Not really. Not really. I know this pandemic's kept us from doing anything. Brandon actually runs the nerve center while we're wandering around with uh, our little gadgets and that kind of thing. But anyway, we're going to get Jill Shelley on the phone in just one moment. So bear with me while we get her connected just a moment. And we're waiting. And we're waiting. Almost. Here we go. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me okay? Can hear you. Yeah, we can hear you now. Uh, well... Uh, okay, great. Speak up just a little bit. We're having a little audio trouble here. Okay, is that a little bit better? That's better. That's much better. Yeah, uh, Jill, I want to welcome you to the show and also introduce you to my son, Brandon Poy. Hello, Jill. Hi, Brandon. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? All right. Good. Uh, Jill Shelley, the Boyd House, owner of the Boyd House and founding member of St. Croix Paranormal. You're in Stillwater, Minnesota, right? That's correct. That's correct. Okay, and uh, that was founded in 2010, right? Yeah, we started uh, our group in 2010 and then travel all over the U.S. to well-known haunted locations after that. Right. Let me ask you uh, one thing about the uh, Boyd House. Now, you bought that in two, uh, 2019? Is that, the place, is that the one I read about? 2018. 2018, okay. 2018. Okay, let, yeah. me ask, let me ask you about the uh, history of that place. What is, better yet, let's just say, uh, uh, what is the reason that it's, it's allegedly haunted? Is there a story behind that? Uh, we do have five confirmed deaths in that house that we know of, two of them being children. Uh, one, he was about five years old. He choked to death, and the other was in infancy. So we do get uh, quite a bit of childlike activity. Right. And then we also have um, Fred, and, Fred and Minnie Eckhart who are there as well. And they both lived in that house from 1912 until 1958. And they both passed away in the home. And we have evidence that they're, they're there as well. And we just uh, have some that we don't really know why they're there. Like we'll have the same name come through quite often but I haven't been able to find any correlation or ties of why right. that particular spirit's there. But but the town was also a big, wild, booming west town back in the day, so I'm sure there was a lot of uh, activity that happened from that, some deaths, I'm sure. And they were also um, bordered along the Sioux Dakota Reservation line, 
back in the day as well. So that may have had um, some history involved that we don't know about if there's no records kept on that. All right. Now, what's the correlation between the house and the railroad? Is that part of the boomtown? Yeah, the tracks pretty much go right through um, the backyard, and uh, so the train would stop in in town. It was one of those, uh, like I said, the big booming railroad towns, and that's what brought a lot of businesses in. Um, so that's kind of where we kind of tribute the railroad, and also that, and, you know, on a spiritual level, it tends to uh, bring in a lot of energy as well. Right. Now, let me ask you, uh, um, with the pandemic and all, I mean, has... Has uh, attendance or business been okay, average, or has it just dropped off to pretty much nothing? Uh, I would say during the pandemic, it was really slow in the beginning. Of course, everybody canceled right away. Yeah. And then it, it started to just kind of stagger through and, and just kind of hold its own, and, and that's really picked up a lot. We had this uh, so far, we pretty much had all of June and July booked for all the weekends, so that was good to have a lot of people in there. Right. Now, does your team, the, the St. Croix Paranormal, do they do they lead tours, or you just turn them loose? Uh, yeah, we don't do any tours. We just pretty much do the overnight private paranormal investigations there. Right. Um, so, yeah, we pretty much, you are free, free to roam when you are there to do whatever you please, within right. reason, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, as far as the, the uh, hauntings, <laughs> the hauntings that go on there, what was your, what, what was one of your, your, personal experiences say with the children because that that kind of strikes a nerve with me i don't know why it is but i get really creeped out if there's children involved i I don't know why i just do yeah sometimes i think about it yeah it is it is pretty creepy Um, but i feel like they've unless they're like being a fake child you know being posed as a child which i've never encountered but um for the most part i kind of feel like they're less harmless than scary in a way right (laughs) But um, for me, actually, I was just down there this weekend, and I was in the what, the second room that for the kids, and we I had just put a dollhouse there probably about six months ago. Right. And I, of course, I had to make it really creepy and exact replica of the house. So I have like all the same wallpaper, furnishings, you know, carpet, everything. I everything's identical inside the dollhouse, right. just to give it more of a creepy factor. And uh, so. I, anyway, I was in the room, uh, and I was just doing some cleaning, and I was just talking, and this has never, ever happened that not one of the doors to that swung open. Oh, really? While I was talking. Right. With no breeze. And it's like, oh, well, hello. <laughs> yeah, it was like pretty, it was, you know, it wasn't like super fast, and it wasn't super slow, but we've never had the doors open, and I even... Um, you know, kind of shut the door, and I kind of bounced around and things like that. Yeah. It, w- it would open, but it didn't fit in the same motion, and it right. took a lot. Like, I had to, like, jump up and down a lot of times for it to even start going. Right, so it took a lot of effort, and there's so, no breeze. There's no breeze. When that happened, I was just... Yeah, I, I was standing there, so... And then, they did it again later. I actually caught that on camera. I haven't reviewed it yet, but... Oh, good. Oh, um, good, good. I had put out a little kitty fan because I got him a, a new kitty, mm-hmm. and I put the REM pod right in front of the dollhouse, and then I was like, oh, well, if you like everything, just open the doors, you know, and I turned around to, like, get something, and then when I turned back around, the bottom door was open <laughs> to the oh, dollhouse, okay. so I was like, well, I guess you like it, so. Yeah, I guess so, yeah, they're playing around with us, so, yeah. 
Awesome. What, 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 what do you think, Brian? What else happens there? Besides door? Uh, um, there is uh, a, adults that we have there that like to play cards. Um, we've been having a lot of people um, like play the game 21 using different equipment and using it as a yes-no. Right. And they, they actually really play along because they will both hit when they're supposed to and not hit when they should. <laughs> so they, they actually really follow along. So it's kind of fun. Um, they do like to play 21, so we do that. Um, I've had them, I don't know if I told you when I was on last time about I had a card that I was playing poker with with them okay. uh, down in the basement. And, and I'd asked them to throw it, throw it off the table if they enjoyed the card game that we were playing all night long all right and when i got up in the morning the card game was like on the floor it was on the floor and i actually caught that on film so they actually did it about 15, 15 minutes about after i left for the last time at night and i and once again i said you know if you really had fun and i just throw that on the floor and yeah they did about 15 minutes after i left for the last time so that was that was kind of fun they like to do that yeah that's kind of cool kind of creepy <laughs> yeah <laughs> um you say you you, 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 you tour you tour around, you, you go to different haunted locations now. Which one I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw a guess out there and say I'm gonna ask you which one is your favorite, which one did you enjoy the most? I'm gonna guess Bobby Mackey's. No, no, not Bobby's. We went there twice. Um, one time was just kind of like a mini tour on our own and the other time uh, we did it rented out for investigation it, it was cool but i think my favorite place is edinburgh manor in iowa because i always get stuff there and i'm really kind of drawn to this little girl that the very first time i went there i got an again, EVP again of a girl. her saying i'm gonna <laughs> miss you oh wow yeah again a child I'd, uh, yeah that would creep me out yeah uh Tell us a bit, a little bit, a little bit, <laughs> a little history behind Inberg uh, Manor. Um, what's going on there? Uh, well, it used to be like an old poor farm, and then it was like a nursing home, and then a drug rehab, oh. and they did have like quite a few deaths at that location. Oh. So, and I think they also had it as a, not in, like a mental institution as well. So, right. just a lot of history there. So you get, I would get a lot of really class ADPs of some really ticked off gentlemen. Oh, I'm um, just because they're older, crabby, you know, nothing nothing like evil, but just like, get out, leave me alone, right. you know, things like that. Yeah, yeah um, get off my lawn. But still, well, you, yeah. You know, when you're, yeah, when you're the only team there and it's all girls and you're getting male voices, we can 100% go, okay, that was none of us. That wasn't you, yeah. <laughs> well, well, speaking of EVPs, now going back to the Boyd House, what about EVPs there? Um, we do get some really good EVPs. Uh, recently, I just got a couple that I really like. Uh, we were running the Spirit Box, and once we got done running the Spirit Box, we get it. We actually turn, you know, we turn it off. So this is on the voice recorder, not on the Spirit Box. Right. We had a little boy say, "Game over." Like he was all depressed that we were done playing with the Spirit Box. Well, no, um, no that's, so that, that's that was kind of a good one. That's kind of odd because I mean that's more or less uh, recent slang you would think it, uh, that wouldn't be something that they would pick up on that that long ago right you know what i mean yeah i don't know i mean i don't know when game over started so i haven't uh looked right. up that particular one but who's to say it was in a pass or through spirit too but right. 
Yeah, that, that's a good point. I'm going to have to look up when that when that uh, phrase coined in. Right. I mean, it does sound kind of, it, it sounds modern to me. I've been just, you know, okay, uh, what do you think? Right. What, what do you think, Brandon? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, what Brandon does is he, 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 like I say, he runs a nerve center for us, and, and he sits there and, and watches us while we're wandering around with our toys and everything. And is, is that kind of, do you guys have the same setup like everyone else? And, and if so, have you caught anything on your cameras? Yeah, we, you know, we run the gamut that pretty much, you know, most investigators have, you know, all the fun toys and gadgets and gadgets. Right. Um, we've caught some SLS stuff going on. Right. And, uh, you know, a lot of REM pod act, and I've had the camera shake, uh, objects move, but, um, yeah, just pretty much a little bit of everything, really. Right. Right, yeah. I, I've never gotten a chance to use an SLR yet. I mean, I, I kind of like it. It, it. It's kind of expensive for what it is. I mean, it, does it, does, in your opinion, does it really work that well, or is it just an, an anomaly that uh, could easily be explained? Because I don't know. I have no idea. I'd love I, to try I think one. you got to, yeah, I mean, I think it, it can do that false you know, quite a bit more of the false reading of the little stick figure. So I think you got to really pay attention to what you're pointing at. Right. Um, we particularly did it, you know, in the house. We had just brought brought in a Victrola, and I had I was actually scanning it back and forth throughout the room, and we started playing the Victrola. It's like, hey, come on down if you want to listen to the music, and then all of a sudden it picked up a figure standing in the corner. And so then I stopped, and then it was actually tapping its arm and foot to the beat of the music. Oh, really? As we played. Okay. And then it, and then it disappeared. It disappeared, and then it ended up sitting in the chair like its legs were crossed almost, and then his arm and foot were tapping again to the beat of the music. Okay. And then later we stopped. We stopped doing you know this thing, and we went on to do something else. Well, I had left the camera running. And the lights were on, and I turned the SLS. It was all just facing the Victrola. It's, everything was still running. I was like, oh, I forgot something. And as I went back there, I looked at the screen, and you could see a stick figure standing there. Right. And he was, like, tipping his head to the side, like, looking to where the crank would be because we took the crank out because we didn't want people playing with it. Right. And he, like, kept looking up and then back down like wait where's the crank where's i want to make this place some more right um so i was just like whoa that's like pretty crazy so um so me that was pretty validating and i do know one time we've had a a group in there use the sls where it actually sat down in the chair and the rem pod started going off at the same time the stick figure sat down in the chair so that kind of validates yeah, a little bit that's... more too than just you know, just the thick figure alone. So, right, that's, yeah, that's I think I I think they're you know you just gotta take them by the grain of salt too. Right. You know, isn't it funny though? Like you mentioned uh, the, the the other the mansion. Most most of these places are they used to have a history of old poor farm converted into a mental institution or something like that. Isn't that odd? I'm not gonna say all, just most. Oh yeah, they. I th that's a lot. Yeah, but then. That's, you know, I love the old history on all the places like we go investigate it. That's, to me, really sometimes awesome when I just stand in, in a building and think like, oh, man, just back in the day, like, this was the place to be. Right. And you can just kind of picture it, you know, how, right. how it would have been. 
you know, for me, just to step back in time just a little bit, that's really a big part of what I love about investigating. Right. Now, did you, you guys have been to uh, the reformatory in um, Winchester, right? I, I, I am drawing a blank. What was it? Uh, we did it. We did it. <laughs> And we did the Randolph County Randolph, one. there you go. Thank you. I drew a complete blank. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, we've been there uh, several times. What were your thoughts on that place? Oh, man, I love that place. <laughs> it was so cool. I think uh, was, we got this great EVP of a woman, so everybody uh, couldn't make it. So it was just me and my uh, teammate, Teresa. So just us two girls in that huge place alone. Right. And walking down the hall, we got an EVP of a lady, like a full whole sentence. She says, uh, girls, hi, girls, come on in. Pleased to meet you. And I was like, oh, man, if really? we would have known she said that when we were walking, we would have stopped. <clears throat> but And then um, the other really cool EVP that we got, I thought, because, that, you know, if people didn't know that the buildings burned down several times, yeah. that... Uh, walking through the basement we got a man uh, like shouting at us saying the building's on fire don't you know just like that like oh, wow. so you're getting these long full sentences and it was just crazy and we actually um, captured a well we'd seen a couple shadow figures <clears throat> but we actually captured one on film peeking out at us down a hallway so that I was kind of cool yeah, so yeah it's an awesome place I want to get back to what about uh, what do what, what you think about Ida's room in the bottom there you remember Ida? We got some really, really good EVP um, in there, and yeah, it, it, and a lot of action on the. Uh, um, yeah, I can't remember. I'm sorry, you broke up. Oh, I just said I don't. I don't remember uh, the exact room of that one. Well, well, hers was the uh, the one with the cell door on it. They locked her in there, and she's she's the lady that uh, hung herself with a broom and strips from the bed. Oh, okay, yes, 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 yeah, it's been a while since I visited uh, any yeah. history on that place. Right, yeah, but we got some, we got some really good action uh, with the uh, K2s in there, two at the same time going off, synced up, and some really good EVPs, apparently she's, she has an issue with the guy, I forgot his name now, I, I feel so bad, I, I keep, my, my brain keeps going, um, I'm going to say Tim, Ted, the uh, guy that does the tours, informational tours. Anyway, apparently she doesn't like him very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny how spirits get like that too. Like even in you know even to the living, like they don't like that guy. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, another person that works there actually told us he actually he more or less makes fun of her because of the way she was, and and she's really unhappy about that. I mean, if you listen to the EVP, I think it's on our website. If you listen oh, to, yeah. the, if you listen to the EVP, it's like, oh yeah, she didn't like you at all. <laughs> oh well. Anyway. Oh yeah, definitely. I gotta check that out. Yeah, check that out. Uh, <laughs> you guys are active right now. Do you have anything coming up anytime soon? Uh, we're actually going to be going to the Granger Museum in uh, <coughs> in Iowa uh, this coming weekend. Yeah. Granger Museum Museum in Iowa. Okay, you guys doing any of the uh, the, the shows, the uh, meet and greets, anything like that? Uh, we actually just had the big uh, Duluth uh, Para Unity uh, a couple weeks back, so that was a lot of fun. I uh, got to hang out with you know a lot of the more the 
famous or people on TV. Right. Uh, meet those guys, and uh, it was a lot of fun. They were all really, really nice, right. <clears throat> nice to hang out with. All right. All right. So you're not gonna you don't plan on doing Scarefest this year or uh, uh, DeadCon that's in uh, October in Fort Wayne. We're gonna be there. We, and I, I understand it's gonna be a pretty good show. So. Oh yeah, <clears throat> I'll have to check into that. We are we are gonna be down in. Um, Iowa, they have a big Midwest Paracon thing for like four days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday right. uh, in August, so I'm going I'm to be down there, so that's how we have planned right now for doing any of those at, at the mall. Right, right, and it's going to be different, I mean, it's been a long time now because of the pandemic and everything, it's going to be good to get back and meet people again and, and see what's been going on with everyone. Yeah, I know, we went to the uh, VIP dinner with, uh, with people and I was, it like I almost forgot that we even had a pandemic. It was like completely normal. It was <laughs> right. it was like really kind of surreal getting back to normal. Right. I'm glad it's it's about time. It is getting real. It's getting way past time. Well, anyway, in, anything else you'd like to uh, tell us that you got going on? Is there anything on the horizon that you're looking forward to? Uh, well, we're we're gonna hope this year, uh, so in October, to put some sort of event together. <laughs> Um, you know, just having people come in and just doing investigation with the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we want to kind of do something just for Halloween this year. So do like a, yeah, do like a so big... we're working on it, kind of getting some things rolling and getting some ideas going. That would be cool. You talk, you're you're talking at the Boyd House, right? Having some have, having an event there, right? Yeah, yeah, at the Boyd House. Yeah, that, yeah, trying to do something there. Uh, we had some things scheduled, of course, when then uh, when the COVID hit, we had to cancel all the events yeah. that we had planned. So right, that's what happened. Hopefully, we can get those up and running again. Right, that's what happened to us all. Right. Keith, actually, you know, you know Keith Age, obviously, right? Keith Age. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's he's got a new one. We're going to be at too in in Kentucky. I think that one's in October too. Um, what's it, what it was it called? Do you remember Mid Midwest Paracon? I think so. I think. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. It'd be cool to see you guys if you can show up there or one of the others. Yeah, we're definitely going to work on some traveling. If we don't, we're going to do a lot more traveling next year, that's for sure. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Jill, Shelly, guys, the Boyd House and St. Croix Paranormal. Go to the website, stcroixparanormal.com. And uh, also, uh, there's also a Facebook page for the Boyd House. I'm sure you guys know that. If you don't, check it out. You got some photos and, and information up there about that as well. Right? Yep, that's where you can find all that information about us and get a hold of us if you want to book an overnight or just check out some of the evidence. There you go. Paranormal.com. We appreciate you coming on, Jill, and we hope you're going to come back. Maybe uh, when we, it gets a little closer to Halloween, you can come back and promote your event. Oh, yeah, totally. Would love to do that. All right, man. All right. Thank you very much, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Okay, thanks, Lee. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. Bye. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. One more before we close tonight's show out this one is let the fire burn by sea of snakes one of our brand new house bands but first big shout out and big thanks to jill shelley and my son in rural indiana paranormal let the fire burn
Hey, this is Lee. If you missed tonight's show or any other show, you can always check them out in the archives on the Para-X Radio Network, or you can go to our website and click on any of your favorite apps. Good evening. I am Sammy Terry, and you're listening to The Dead Zone. <laughs> your source for everything paranormal. Para-X. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed, the Hampton Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Ong's hat and the very mysterious M Triangle. Mac Maloney Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with a forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends. This is the Dead Zone Paranormal Radio Show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.